Hey, good evening, church. Before we get into our Bible study tonight, just wanted to remind you that this Sunday, June 21st, we're going to resume gathering together at 9.15 for Sunday school. Uh, I made the announcement this past Sunday at the end of the worship service, gave you a few instructions, uh, but just wanted to remind you of a couple things. Uh, number one is when you come on Sunday, you're going to go to the class that you were in back in March. So for our kids, um, those going into sixth grade, you're going to go to the class that you were in in March uh, for this Sunday, and then you'll promote the following Sunday, June 28th. also want to remind you that uh, John Ferguson's class, Pat Ferguson's class, Karen Hogan's class, you all are going to meet in the sanctuary uh, at 9.15 so that we can properly um, socially distance uh, just to keep you all safe. Also just want to remind you that while you're here, please be very mindful that we are supposed to continue to socially distance from one another. Uh, you are still encouraged um, to wear your mask, especially if you're going to be uh, closer than six feet talking to people. Also, as far as restroom use, I would encourage you to use the restrooms in the, the lobby, the foyer of, of the main building. We have cleaning supplies in there for you after you uh, go to the restroom. If you could just use those wipes or those spray and just clean after yourself just so we can keep things as sanitary um, as possible. We know that if you come for Sunday school and worship, you're gonna be here longer, you may need to use the restroom, so just be mindful of that. I'm excited. I'm excited to be able to get back together uh, for you guys to, to get in class, to be able to discuss the Word. Um, man, it's so important in, in our walk with the Lord. And so I want to encourage you to come and uh, just just study the Word of God together. Let's, uh, let's jump into our Bible study tonight. We continue our study tonight through spiritual disciplines. Our study has been entitled Rooted. Rooted, right? We are grounded and built up in Jesus Christ. And so God has given us different disciplines um, that we can follow, that we can bring into our life that help us become more and more like Christ. One person has written, describing modern man, modern man worships his work, works at his play, and plays at his worship. I think that's so true of people today. We worship our work, we work at our play, and we play at our worship. So tonight we're going to talk about worship, one of the, the means that God has given us uh, by which we, we express our, our gratitude, our praise to God, but it's also in our worship that we grow being rooted and built up in Christ. And so I want you to notice four things uh, tonight as we consider worship. Number one, I want us to think about our purpose of worship, the purpose of worship. The English word worship comes from a word that meant worthship, worthship. Donald Whitney writes, to worship God is to ascribe the proper worth to God. 
to magnify his worthiness of praise or better to approach and address God as he is worthy. Worship is in essence focusing on God, right? Who he is. And then as we focus on who God is, we respond to God. We give him the praise and the glory. The more we focus on God, the more we understand and appreciate how worthy he is. Psalm 95 verse 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. In John chapter 4, John chapter 4 verse 23, we read these words. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. God is seeking worshipers, seeking people who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. Matthew chapter 4, verse 10 says this. And Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Right? The Old Testament says we are to worship God, and him only are we to serve. And Jesus reiterates that. We were made, created to worship our God. And then Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, verse 12 and 13, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. right? And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. The purpose of our worship is to give God the praise, right? to, to give him the worth that is due him. That we are honoring and glorifying our Creator. Second thing I want you to notice is private worship. Private worship. We gather together to worship God corporately on Sundays. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment. And that will primarily be our focus tonight is our gathering together to worship God. But long before you gather with believers to worship God on Sunday. You should have been worshiping God all throughout the week, privately. We worship God, right? We, we give God the glory through Bible intake. We spend two weeks talking about uh, hearing the Word, reading the Word, studying the Word, meditating upon the Word, memorizing the Word, taking the Word of God into our lives. And as we do that, we worship. Last week, we talked about prayer, right? We worship God through prayer. There are other spiritual disciplines that we'll look at in the coming weeks that are more private in nature that, that prompts us to worship God. So long before we gather corporately to worship God, we are to worship God privately. How is it possible to worship God publicly once each week when we do not worship Him privately throughout the week? Is it possible to come in to 
a place on Sunday mornings and to sing praises and give God the glory when throughout the week we have not even considered God and His worth and His glory. Is that even possible? A.W. Tozer said, If you will not worship God seven days a week, you do not worship Him on one day a week. So as we enter into the sanctuary, as we enter into the building on Sundays to gather to worship, we are to enter having already been worshiping God, ascribing worth to His name throughout the week. So there's private worship, where we're worshiping God privately. Third, there is public worship, public worship, corporate worship, gathering together of the body of Christ at a location, Northside Baptist, for example, and worshiping God. David Mathis, in his book, Habits of Grace, writes, We were made for more than private devotions. As nice as it can be to tuck ourselves away in some nook and cranny all by our lonesome, he says we were made to worship Jesus together among the multitude with a great horde swallowed up in the magnificent mass of the redeemed. God didn't fashion us to enjoy him finally as solitary individuals, but as happy members of a countlessly large family. We were created not just to worship God individually, but to worship Him corporately. And in that book, Habits of Grace, David Mathis mentions five benefits. We've seen that we gather ultimately to, to give God glory, to ascribe worth to God. But as we do that, there are five benefits that we experience through corporate worship. Number one, he says, is an awakening. An awakening. Have you ever gone throughout the week and you just feel that you're in the midst of a spiritual fog. Things don't seem clear. Martin Luther says, At home, in my own house, there is no warmth or vigor in me at times. But in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart and it breaks its way through. There may be times that we're feeling lethargic in our individual walk with Jesus or in our personal worship. We may feel as though there's a spiritual fog and there's something about gathering together with other believers and there's an awakening in our midst, right? Martin Luther said that that fire is kindled in my heart through gathering with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Instead of staying away from corporate worship when we feel spiritually spiritually lethargic. We need it more than ever. Or we may feel lethargic in our, in our walk with Jesus, and rather than pulling away from the body of Christ, we need to press in, draw nearer. The second benefit is assurance. Assurance. Worship in the local joint, worship in the local church, points us to the worship of the universal church, right? As we gather with other brothers and sisters, it reminds us that Jesus has a people from many nations. He has a people from the ends of the earth. And one day, he's going to bring all of us together, and it will include every nation, and we will gather to bring glory and honor to Jesus. 
As we gather together, it also reminds us, it gives us assurance that Jesus is coming for his bride, the church, and that we will spend all eternity in his presence singing his praises. And it brings great assurance when, when I'm there worshiping with you and I hear you singing that I'm not in this alone. There are others who, who believe Jesus. It, it, is, it is encouraging to hear that. It brings me great encouragement when I'm preaching and, and you say, Amen. Yes, Pastor, we agree that like I'm not the only one who believes this. There is assurance in gathering together. Number three, number three, advance. Advance. Corporate worship plays a significant part in our discipleship and in our sanctification. We are advancing, we are growing in our walk with Christ through corporate worship, right? There will be times, and may God make them many, when the Holy Spirit will take the scripture that is read that morning, or the song sung, or the word of God preached, or the prayer that was prayed, or the testimony that was shared, and the Spirit presses it right to the point of our need. And, and we may show up on a Sunday morning thinking everything is just going to go as normal according to plan. And the Spirit of God, man, just does a work in our hearts. And He grows us. We advance in our walk with Christ. The next benefit is accepting another's leading. Accepting another's leading. David Mathis observes that in our private worship, we in some sense are in the driver's seat. He says, we decide what passage we're going to read that day or when to pray or what to pray or how long to linger in Bible reading and meditation, what songs to listen to or to sing, what gospel truths to preach to ourselves or even what applications to consider. He then goes on to say this, but in corporate worship, we respond. We follow. It is an opportunity to embrace being led and not always taking the lead. So when you gather on a Sunday morning, right, you, you maybe don't have a say-so in what songs we're going to sing or, or what passages of Scripture I'm going to preach or what someone may say as they pray. And so we're, we're following. Following is the Spirit is ultimately leading, leading the pastor, leading the the music minister, leading the leadership of the church and how the worship service will, will flow, what that may look like. And so we're responding to what the Spirit of God is doing. We are we're following rather than always leading. And he says the fifth benefit is accentuated joy. Accentuated joy. Our joy is doubled when we worship together. Man, it brings me great joy to worship Jesus alongside of you. And it brings me great joy, right, when you respond to the preaching of God's Word. It, it brings me great joy to hear you sing and to praise our great and good God. This past Sunday, as we were singing King of Kings, I was worshiping, I was singing, and then I would stop and I would just listen. And man, I, I would have even more joy in my heart knowing that you we're worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ with me. And so we have that shared 
joy, and that joy is doubled as we gather together. So as we think about as we think about worship, right? What's the purpose of it? We have private worship, we have public worship, corporate worship. The fourth thing I want to mention just briefly tonight is, is this that we are to prepare for corporate worship. We are to prepare. Just a few suggestions that that may help you. Maybe these are things you've thought about, maybe not. First suggestion is I would say this on Saturday night, try to go to bed earlier. Encourage your teenagers to get in bed maybe a little earlier, to make sure your children put into bed, put to bed a little earlier, so that on Sunday morning you're not waking up tired because you stayed up till 1 a.m. watching a movie and too tired to get up or when you get to church you're you're half falling asleep i know there may be you know if you're a mom or dad with a young child you may have sleepless saturday nights you may be more tired like i understand there are seasons of our life that that may lead to us being tired more often than others but but guard that time on saturday night and say look i'm going to get a good night's rest so that i'm alert and ready to worship corporately on Sunday mornings. The second suggestion I would give is this. Confess our sin and examine our hearts. As you prepare to worship on Sunday morning, is there any sin that needs to be confessed before you walk in to gather with your brothers and sisters? And then examine your hearts. I love what Donald Whitney writes. He says, Though we come to an event where he, God, is the guest of honor, it is possible to give him a routine gift, sing a few customary songs to him, and then totally neglect while we focus on others and enjoy the performance of those in front of us. If you do not examine your heart and examine your motives, it would be very easy to come and to spend more time celebrating the gifts of those on stage instead of glorifying the giver of those gifts be very easy to forget that our audience is an audience of one. And we gather to worship our good and great God. And so confess sin, examine your motives. Number, thir- number three, gather early and pray. Gather early and pray. Now, again, this may be easier in some seasons of our life than others. If you've got three young kids you're trying to get ready, it, it may be a win just to show up on time. Uh, maybe a few minutes late and, and you're thinking, hey, man, we weren't 30 minutes late today, but 10 minutes late. So I understand that. Let me encourage you as you think about gathering on Sunday mornings for Sunday school, for worship, right? gather early and even pray. Take a moment and say, all right, Lord, I feel a little scattered. I feel a little hurried. So calm my anxious thoughts and, and help me to focus on you. The fourth suggestion is this, let go of inner distractions. Let go of inner distractions. I have heard people joke around about how many arguments take place on Sunday mornings as people are gathering for church or driving to church together. Now listen, I don't have that problem because for the last 10 plus years of ministry, I show up much earlier to church on Sunday mornings than than Ryan and the boys. So we don't all ride together. I'm out of the house before they even wake up on Sunday mornings, right? So, so we don't have the stress of that. But, but I understand as you're trying to get everybody ready and, uh, and make sure the lights are off and, and everything's good to go and you got your Bible and the kids got the, 
the, the, the, the diaper bag and all of that stuff. You get in the car, maybe you're already running late. It might be easy to snap and lose control. And, and in the midst of that, Satan's like, man, this family's distracted. So I would just encourage you, when you get here, let go of those inner distractions. Leave it all out the parking lot. Come in ready to worship. And then the fifth, the fifth suggestion is this. Let go of your agenda. Let go of your agenda. And as you gather, let us learn the joy of self-forgetfulness. The joy of self-forgetfulness that we forget our agenda and our demands and our wants and we just come in to the presence of an almighty God with our brothers and sisters in Christ and man we just worship we worship see when our worship becomes empty the problem lies with the subject and not the object when our worship becomes empty the problem lies with us the the subjects, the ones who are bringing the praise. The problem never lies with the object of our praise. The problem is never with God. It is with us. Our God is worthy of all worship. He is worthy of the best and most wholehearted worship that you can give Him. So church, let's bring Him our best. Let's bring Him our best. Let's be committed to being a people who worship privately and then publicly, corporately that we would enjoy these benefits that God gives us, how He uses us and strengthens us, and how we're discipled through worship. But let us also prepare. He is worthy of the best that we have to offer. And sometimes we'll feel like we brought Him the best. And sometimes there'll be Sundays where we feel like we really had nothing to give, that we were on empty. But no matter how you come, if you come humbly, I believe the Spirit of God will move in powerful ways and we will be enriched and we will be discipled and we will be rooted and built up through private and corporate worship. So make that a priority in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ who, Lord, have watched this video. Lord, I've enjoyed just studying and preparing for these weekly Bible studies and and. It's been good things that I've tried to teach for points of application. Lord, I'm trying to implement into my own life as well. Lord, Lord, life is hectic. God, the reality is we come in some Sunday mornings and we feel empty and depleted. And other Sunday mornings we come in and we feel full. Some Sundays we come in feeling like we have blown it. Other Sundays we come in and man, we've just seen the hand of God all over us. And, and we're, we're feeling strong. Lord Jesus, no matter how we enter, what we will find is a compassionate, approachable God. You are accessible. And so, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Oh, you're worthy of our worship. And oh, God, give us even an even greater desire to worship you. That we would find the delight and the joy that the King David had, Lord, to enter into the presence of God. Better is one day in your courts, in your house, than a thousand elsewhere. Oh, Lord, may that be the desire of our hearts. May we worship throughout the week, and may we come in on Sundays, Lord, just overflowing and out of that personal worship throughout the week. We just we testify to who you are corporately. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Thank you again, Lord, for your word, for how it speaks to us and how it guides us. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Have a good night.